Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Happy Sunday, everyone. Thanks for joining me once again for tonight's episode of the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, matchmaker and founder of singleinthecity.ca. What does navigating the dating world look like as an out queer individual? Tonight, I have two amazing out and proud guests who will be dishing on queer love and dating. Ray Ray Codd, a talented pro makeup artist and creator, right here from Toronto. And Monica Elena, owner of Women's Touch Construction and host of the Rainbow Mix podcast. She's from the States, Austin, Texas, I believe, yes. And tonight we'll explore what it's like to come out of the closet being comfortable and open with yourself and dating as a lesbian. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We're so happy to have you with us. I love you both. Uh, We met on Clubhouse. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you guys are part of my Single in the City squad. So, hey, ladies. Hello. I'm proud, and this is such a big part of your identity. What does it mean to you to be using your platform in a positive way to lift up the queer community? Ray, we'll start with you. All right. Well, for me, it means being unapologetically myself because I feel like a lot of people don't really show who they really are online. And I have made it a massive part of my online presence to really show who I am. And that includes the good days, the bad days. Um, I've gone through a lot of hardships and I feel like I have shared my story literally in my stories <laughs> um for example on my instagram feed so mm. yeah i me. love your instagram feed <laughs> share that with it mm-hmm. with everybody in a little bit <laughs> so people yeah. can check you out yeah um a lot of my work is rooted in my emotions too so yeah i find that just you know um just being unapologetically yourself and putting it out there and just not caring how people react to it and yeah, living your best life, really. How about yourself, Monica? Um, yeah, for me, well, I agree with everything Ray Ray says. I think that's why Ray Ray and I get along so well because she is herself. And Monica, you get along I, with everybody. I do get along. <laughs> but, but still, like Ray Ray and I are like a different tightness. Like it's just, I, I don't know. I've told her that too. But um, no, I think for me, it's. I think a lot of people in our community still have struggles, right? They have struggles coming out. They have relationship struggles. So for my my podcast specifically, I only I started that that way people can understand that they're not alone out there and whatever fears they have. A lot of people are still afraid to own their truth, and I think that's a big that's still a, a, an issue right now. So I think that's that's really my intent is really just to have people understand that they're not the only ones out there. They're not alone. They're not the only ones that are afraid to come out or afraid of of someone of judgment or um, bullying or whatever, you know, the things that go on. So I think that's the reason I do it. And I'm hoping that, you know, if it just helps a handful of people that I've done my job. So. Yeah, and I know that coming out can be an amazing experience or it can be one that causes a lot of stress and anxiety. Um, (laughs) Hoping that the people closest to you will understand and accept you is so important. What was your coming out experience like and what advice do you have for younger people who might be having trouble with their own coming out story? I'll go first. So my coming out story was (laughs) 
I was actually living with my my first one of my first living girlfriends, I guess I should say, and we were going on a trip to Cabo. I went home because I'm from an island, from Galveston Island, and they have swim, better swimsuits there. So I went shopping with my mom, and she made a statement, and she's like, "I don't, I feel like I don't know you very well, or know who you are." And I told her, I said, "Look, I live two different lives. I live one life in Austin. I live a different life when I'm here home with family." And she's like, "Well, what do you mean?" So. Uh, that was my moment of coming out to her. And um, I told her that I was, I don't, I couldn't say I'm a lesbian. I couldn't say it at the time. I said, I, I like women. I date women is what I said. And we went home, she was crying, but I think it was more of the, I'm an only child. So I think it was, she was thinking of grandkids and she was thinking of all those things. And my dad gets home and he's like, she's like, Oh, your daughter has something to tell you. And he thought I was pregnant. And I was like, no, you know, as far from I, that. I <laughs> yeah. I and, I, and I said no I said I date women and he's like oh so why are you crying you know I think he was just relieved that I wasn't pregnant um but... <laughs> how old were you I was 24 okay I was in college yeah I was in college already and I think my mom struggled the most but like I said it is because and I, I was adopted so that's the other thing too and and I think she wanted grandkids and and all that, which she can still have, you know, that doesn't have anything to do with it. But um, I think one thing that I would say, especially to people coming out, that I wish I would have realized at the time is we need to understand that we're so concerned with our feelings and how people are going to react to us coming out that we need to understand that our parents, especially if they're older, because mine are older, mine are in their 70s. They haven't been around a lot of gay people. They don't understand. So for them, it's a struggle just as much as it is for us, the ones that are actually coming out. And I didn't realize that. So at the time I couldn't provide her with resources to read or to look up. Like now there's, there's P flag, right. Which is for parents and families with, with lesbian and gays. And there's a lot of resources on there that help parents with, with kids coming out, or if they think their child is, is gay or transgender or by whatever the case may be. So um, I think we need to be conscious of that and understand that it's just as hard for them as it is for us. And figuring out how to navigate the conversation and um, how to have that that mutual understanding. But ever since then, over time, she began to accept it. She thought I went through a phase about two years. She was she told my best friend that I was just going through a phase. And my best friend's like, no, it's not a phase. And then now she's accepting of it. She's been great to every girlfriend I've had, treats them like another daughter. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Like my family sure. loves the girls I've dated and they, they love my parents more than they love their own parents on, in some cases, you know? So Yeah, and I think it's, it's so important for your mental health. I mean, you are who you are and your parents, like, need to accept that. So right. how about yourself, Ray? Um, so mine was somewhat of a movie. Um, a movie. Oh, interesting. Oh. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um. I didn't really get to come out. I was outed. Um, but on the other hand, quite relatable to Monica, where she says she was living two different lives, which is kind of what I was doing, but like not really in the sense that everyone knew I was gay except my parents, except my family, pretty much. Um, yeah, and then one time, here's a very short form of what happened. Um, basically, someone that's close to them Googled me, apparently. <laughs> and then they ended up on a picture of me and my ex's anniversary and then ended up lurking 
is like I wasn't hiding. It's not like I was hiding anything. Um, so yeah, they ended up lurking me online, finding out everything. <laughs> oh wow! My parents had a whole meeting with them where they exposed me to my parents. <laughs> and um, wow, yeah, what was that like? I wasn't living at home. I was at, away at university. Um, I haven't lived at home for like a very long time because I've just been very out there. Like I've been very different from like my family because they're quite traditional and I've just been, well, I've just been raised, just been myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I lived like three hours away by flight. So my dad bought a flight the next day and popped up on me. <laughs> like, uh, what's up? And I was about wow. to move with my ex then. So, um, yeah, he, he, it was a long story, but basically I got, um, cut off. I got disowned. Um, yeah. Still cut off and disowned? Um, well, I don't, I don't need them to provide really anything for me. I provide all my things for myself. I'm sorry, Ray, that you do that. (laughs) I work. Yeah. So, and and I think this is something that many pe- pe- parents wonder about that they might not be sure how to properly handle being told that their child is gay or thinking that they may and are scared to tell them um, they want to support but want to make sure that they're doing it in a way that they're you know that makes their child feel comfortable and safe. What advice do you have for parents who found out that their child is gay? How can they help them along this journey? Well, the thing is, like, at least now we're working on our relationship um, and it's, like, much better than before because I think they just thought I would be, like, this whole different person. And my advice to parents is just, like, there's nothing different about your child. Just know that. Know that they're the same person. You've just found out extra information about them that you weren't privileged to before. And now you know that. So that doesn't make them a different person. That just means you're now exposed to a different aspect of their life you didn't know about before. No, I agree with what she says. It's it's still who you are. Actually, they get to know you better because they, they know who you truly are. They don't know only a part of you. So definitely, I mean, you've got to allow your child to open up. That way you can have that great relationship and, you know, kind of grow together, especially nowadays, because um, people are, are regretting things, you know, something happens to their child, they get injured and parents regret it because of something that they've disowned them or don't want to talk to them because of something like this. So I agree with Ray Ray. I love this conversation. We're going to hear more from the ladies on coming out as a lesbian. When we come back, don't go anywhere. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bilotta, with my special guests, Ray Ray Cod and Monica Elena, discussing queer love and coming out. Let's get back to our chat. All right, so um, I just want to continue our conversation about uh, coming out as uh, lesbians. And, and another thing that might play into this is, is the fact that young people are becoming more aware of and open about their sexuality, exploring different things to find out what they really want. It, it feels like labels are slipping away, and, and there's a lot more openness about sexuality. Do you think this is helpful as they discover who they are? 
I'm not big when it comes to labels. Like now you have pronouns and you have all that. And, and to me, it's like, I don't think it's necessary because I think people are starting to put too much energy on these labels and not focusing on who they are as a person and what they're looking for in another person. And I think as, as you get older, things change. So there's people that maybe at one point in life, they were bisexual. Another point in life, they're lesbian. You know, at another point, they're non-binary. You know, there's, there's people. There are so they get many. Yeah. It's so I don't think you should put a label because what if 10 years from now, that, that's not who you are. So I don't really understand the labels. And I don't like that we have so many labels because I keep hearing of new ones that come out. You know, 10 years ago, you were either gay, straight, bisexual. And that was it. There were three labels and transgender, I guess, was one that wasn't talked about much. So, you know, there's there were very few. And now there's so many term, terms and it, it's just it becomes too much. So, you know, I think I think for me, it's it's like I really don't like labels. And I don't if, if someone calls me, I don't have short hair anymore. But if I had short hair and I looked like a boy to someone and they called me a boy, well, then that's their perception. I'm not going to get a that I'm not going to get mad. I may just say, Hey, no, I'm not. I might correct them, but I'm not going to like freak out about it. And I think people now are starting to freak out if they're not referred to by whatever that they want to be labeled as. And that makes it difficult for the other party too, because then other people are hesitant or don't know how to approach them. So I think there's a big disconnect there and we need to kind of figure that out as a whole. What do you think, Rayway? Yeah. <laughs> so, and I think that's yeah. why I'm very careful when we host the LGBTQIA plus room <laughs> on Tuesday nights um, on Clubhouse through our club single in the city, like how I address people, right? Because I, I, I'm i like, I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, right? very conscious of that because I, people will get offended. I grew up, Monica, to a point because, like, honestly... It's a lot of um, gender identities floating around. And as liberating as it might be for some people, it's just become equally confusing for some people within the queer community because we're all like, um, what? And that's why a lot of us just refer to it jokingly as the alphabet squad. Yeah. Because <laughs> literally it's LGBTQIA. And then they're like, they're going to keep adding on more letters, which again is amazing and liberating for some. But then it's like, is it ever going to end? You get me? Because there's going to keep being different types of gender identity, if you understand me. So, um, yeah, I somewhat agree. And there isn't enough education on the labels. Like, I, I wouldn't have known unless I spoke to you guys, right? I thought it was just LGBTQ. I didn't realize <laughs> yeah. it was an IA+. <laughs> yeah, they've added some. How can we educate more people? The intersex has been around for a long time, though. That's the thing, because I know someone that's intersex for, like, a while. So it's, I don't know. I think it's very... Well, yeah. Like you said, Ray Ray, it's been around forever. Like, all of them have. They just weren't labeled. You know, they they were who they are and what they prefer. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're 100% right. Like, they've been around forever. They just didn't have, quote-unquote, labels, I guess. Yeah. Well, let's move on to queer dating now, shall we? So when it comes to finding matches, it isn't always easy to tell what someone's sexuality might be. And when you meet someone, you might be interested in in, in them. What do you think is the best way to, 
to see what their sexual orientation is. Like, what are some of the things that you guys look out for? If they're my DMs. They <laughs> <laughs> slide into your DMs. Um, no, the rainbow. They have to come to you, do they, Ray Ray? Well, <laughs> I, I bet you they always do. Well, you're pretty eccentric. You're out there. I mean, it's not. It's 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 hard to miss you. Very unique. <laughs> yeah, it's very unique. I think I do put myself quite out there, um, in the sense that like I don't I don't really hide my sexuality. So a lot of people know. I've even had like people that don't know their sexuality or people that I guess are confused about their sexuality try to approach me. Um but the thing is like I just like you said, people come to me <laughs> and um I just try to see if this person is someone out vibrant, especially now that we're in the age of the pandemic. It's not so easy to like go out and meet up with people and all of that. So I get bored so easily, like so easily from talking to people. I don't talk to too many people at once because like I have a very short attention span as well. So I don't like I don't I don't need to talk to too many people at once. But people always have this idea that I have so many people in my DMs and that's the case, but I don't talk to the people in my DMs. Since Clubhouse, you must have a lot of people sliding into your DMs. I'm sure. And Monica's. Both totally gorgeous and beautiful lesbians. No sure. comment. No comment, yeah. she says. <laughs> well, for me, it's extremely difficult because, as you know, my type are the more femme. Very type, feminine, yes. Look great, right? So it's very <laughs> difficult for me because out in public, I won't, I'm not the type to go approach someone. That is not who I am. So unless somebody approaches me, which has happened, um, I'm not going to approach someone, which, which limits my, my opportunity. So, uh, so I resorted to online dating and, and even on, even on that, the, I, the last relationship I had was, she was straight, you know, and I'm like, what is going on? Oh and my God. On, on the dating app, you know? So it's not like I have it set properly. So I, I don't know why I was attracting that. Um, for some time, but I, it, it's very, very difficult. And like, and I'm like Ray Ray. Like, I don't, I can't um, date multiple people at once. It's I don't have time for it. One, um, I don't think it's fair because what if I like two of them and then I have to choose one? Like, that's not that's <laughs> not cool. So I'd rather just go one at a time. And you know, if it if I have an interest in someone, they'll know and um, just kind of take it from there. But it's very, very difficult to tell unless like Ray Ray said, unless somebody's wearing like a rainbow shirt or something <laughs> that signals it, it, it's, you can't tell you really can't, or unless they do some sort of okay. eye contact. A word. I'm like, Ooh, baby. But then they're thinking yeah. the same thing. Is she gay or not? Exactly. Right? And people don't walk around with rainbow flags around their neck, you know? So it's, it's well, very, maybe difficult. they should, maybe this is something that we can create. Oh, <laughs> okay. I don't know. Okay, so, so so obviously you guys have been attracted to straight women. This must be challenging, as I'm sure it's easy to develop feelings after being closer to someone. Have you ever acted on those feelings, knowing that they were straight? Um, more like I've had straight girls act on feelings for me, but I have quite a lot of awareness and self-restraint, so I tend to make it a point to myself to not go for straight girls. No, I'm I'm similar. Like I don't I've never 
I wouldn't say I've actually gone for a straight girl ever unless she's shown some sort of interest. And that a lot of that happened when I was younger, like over 10 years ago or even in college. Like now that I'm older, I try to not do that because now I'm, you know, wanting an actual long-term relationship. I don't want to be somebody's first and first experience, their first relationship with a woman and, and all that. So, but yeah, I don't really like go out looking for straight girls. Like that's never been a thing. They just, I think they get curious. And if they know someone who's somewhat femme, right. Then, then they're the ones that want to experience and whatever the case may be. But yeah, yeah. I, I can say that I've actually just gone after a straight woman like that. Oh. And I, and I know from talking to you all the time, you're looking for a wifey. That's right. <laughs> that cook, right. Cooking clean for you. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 not clean. Just grocery shop, wrap presents, and cook. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, growing up, were your friend groups mainly straight? And if so, did this ever make you feel uncomfortable as you discovered your own sexuality? Um, As you know, or I don't know if you remember, but I grew up in the Middle East and in Nigeria. And both places, like, I don't really know... I wouldn't really say I had too many people that were um, queer. I knew like a couple of gay men, gay boys, because like we were all younger then. Um, but I didn't really know any other part. I knew one girl that she hadn't come out about her sexuality, but I knew she was gay. And today he now openly lives as, a, well, a man because they transitioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really did not know any other one. Like I had, like I said, a lot of straight girls that would act on intentions and feelings for me, but no one who would actually want to have an actual relationship. So that's how um, I, yeah, that's how I kind of figured out that um, a lot of people were not true to their sexuality. Because after leaving the Middle East, I've seen a couple of people actually come out as like lesbian or bisexual. But yeah, growing up, no though. Not at all. Well, I, I know that it's a, a big no-no in those countries. What are the consequences when they do find out that you're gay in, in, in the Middle East? Punishable by jail time and deportation. Wow. All right. How about yourself, Monica? For me, um, growing up, I don't know. I didn't have friends that were out or open. I personally didn't realize that I was a lesbian until... My freshman year in college, I played college softball, so go figure there. Um, and then when I reflected back, I was like, oh, you know, because I had a boyfriend in high school, and I don't think I ever really like him. No, he was a great person. I liked him, but I just wasn't like sexually attracted to him because I didn't like men, right? Okay. But it wasn't him, it just wasn't what I was interested in. But he was a great, great catch. So I was with him for a few years. And, um, yeah, and I didn't realize it then looking back and I was like, oh, I kind of think I had a crush on that teacher. And then I was like, did I secretly have a crush on my high school softball coach? You know, I'm like, I'm like reflecting back and I probably shouldn't have said that on radio, but anyway, I'm reflecting back and then I realized it, but no, I didn't grow up with. So, and, but once I realized it, I didn't care because I I didn't care what people thought about me and. I, didn't talk. Oh, I love that attitude. Right. We need to take a break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about how gender roles come into play in a lesbian relationship. Stay with us.
Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for tuning in to the Dating and Relationship Show this Sunday on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca with tonight's guest, Ray Ray Codd and Monica Elena, getting back to our discussion on dating as a lesbian. Okay, I'm sure this is one that our listeners will be interested in. When it comes to dating and meeting new people, where do you find the best places to look for potential partners, online or in person? Or if there's somewhere else other than Clubhouse, please let us know. (laughs) I think the best place to meet, in my opinion, for our community at least, it's difficult difficult out in public. Um, I think the easiest thing is going to be either online or on Clubhouse and the single in the city Laura Bellotta's room and um, either in the the regular room or the Tuesday night LGBTQIA uh, plus room where uh, people can kind of mix and mingle. But where were you meeting people before Clubhouse? I'm assuming online. How else would you meet people? Um, well, I had someone try to set me up. My hairdresser tried to set me up once. Uh, I've done the online dating, but, you know, see how that ended. And... Um, it, that's really it. I mean, none of it's really been in person. I know we've been in a pandemic, but it's it's been online for the most part. Yeah. The thing is, I'm more. I'm definitely more of an in-person person because, like, I feel like that's where people really, really see my vibe and how I am, and truly, like, just my passion for life shines through. Um, but. I feel like lately, because as you know, Laura, we are in Ontario where we are in our third lockdown in uh-huh. Lord have mercy. They just- <laughs> uh-huh. um, so I have like my friend literally had to wring my wrist and be like, Ray, you need to sign up for this that, and the third. So I signed up for quite a couple of um, dating sites. But the thing is that. Like I said, I have a short attention span and I'm not really good with replying messages. So um, that hasn't really been working too well. I have spoken to quite a few people, but the thing is, I get the same generic messages. Oh my God, you're so beautiful. Oh my God, I saw you on my explore page on Instagram. Oh my God, I saw you this place. I saw you that place. Um, So it's like, it's not nothing intellectual. People aren't really, like, giving me what I need. And I also prefer, like, older women. And, I mean, I have been getting a lot of older women, but it's just, like, it's not it's not given, you know? <laughs> it's not giving me the vibes I need, which is why um, I'm really excited for, like, things to open up and then I can really go in and explore the whole, like, gay area and community because I moved here right before the pandemic, so I did not get to explore that whole scene. You you ladies though must be having other ladies sliding into your DMs though. It's on the yeah. regular. But it's typically not the people. Well, I know for me, I'm assuming Rary might be similar. It's like it's not the people that you're necessarily interested in being in a relationship with necessarily though. You know. Yeah. Like, well, it goes for heterosexual relations. Uh, yeah, uh, heterosexual relationships. Yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah, you get DMs, but yeah never really what you're wanting or looking for yeah and then the people that do message you like i don't do long distance at all like it's 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 almost like a deal breaker for me unless i can see you like every two weeks then i might consider it 
but I don't do long distance. <clears throat> and I was seeing this girl in America. She was actually right in New York, and she, um, and I was actually seeing actually two different girls in New York. Um, but even with like, I just could not like the distance was a lot for me. Would you ever move though? I think a long distance relationship can work. I just think that one there has to be one person willing to make the move eventually. I mean, I had a long distance relationship for three years. And I had to eventually move to Ohio and, you know, realize once I got there after a few months that, hey, this relationship isn't for me. But but I think that's the only thing that, that made it work for so long because there was that intention there where one of us was going to move. Well, he was supposed to move to, to see me or to be with me, but I knew that wasn't, as, as time went on, it's like, this is never going to happen. So I'm like, if I don't do it, then he's not going to. So I, I'm very happy that I did because once I was in a space every day, I realized, okay, I don't think we're going to get along in the long run. So, Well, I've, I've done long distance and it, it actually, well, I did it for almost three years and it, it went well until there was trust broken. Um, and then I just couldn't do that anymore. Right. So I mm-hmm. think as long as their trust is there, it'll work. And then, yeah, as long as one person decides to move, which was, that was, our, that was one of the challenges, uh, which why it didn't work. So I don't mind long distance relationships, but as long as there's an understanding of seeing each other regularly and someone's going to eventually move. Cause yeah, I can't do that. And lots of video sex. Um, I, I like my last relationship. I somehow got wrung into a long distance relationship for the last three years of it, or like two and a half years or so. Um, so that just even solidified more that I'm not gonna because her job, she worked away for half the year, and the other half like was here. But like even so, it wasn't enough for me. So it just solidified it's really, really not my thing. But if there's a goal in mind, then I might highly consider it as long as we see each other more frequently than every two months or something like that. Well, I it allows for a stronger connection too, I think, which which I think is good because you get to connect more before seeing each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, um, we did not discuss how gender roles come into play in a lesbian relationship in this segment, but we are going to get to it as soon as we get back from the break. Stay with us. Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We are back on the Dating and Relationship Show. This is Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta with my guests Ray Ray Codd and Monica Elena discussing dating and relationships in the queer community. Let's jump right back in. In terms of relationships, do you see gender roles come into play at all? Does one partner conform to a more stereotypical female or male role and vice versa, or is it just dependent on the relationship? First of all, um, I don't, I really don't like when people say the male role because this is just generally people ask this question quite often. And I let them know, like, what is considered a male role? Like, dominant, handyman type of situation? Because I, I know men that are friends of mine that I can do more work than they can. Like, I'm handier than they are. So, well, you own what a construction computer? company. Well, true, but even prior to that. So it's <laughs> like my thing is, yes, you have more of a dominant role, I, I believe, in, in the relationship, and there's someone who's not as dominant. But I think it depends because some people in a relationship, you can be more dominant when it comes to finances. You can be more dominant when it comes to decision-making. 
Um, so you can kind of share those responsibilities differently and both have dominant roles just in different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there's typically one that's more like in my relationships, I'm typically the more dominant one. Um, but it's just because of my, my personality type and then my attraction to more of the feminine type of, of women, right? The more the girly girls, as I call them. So um, I, I do think there is a difference in majority of the relationships, but not all. And also, two people get confused because people go by the way someone dresses. And I know, because they use the term butch, right? So I know, I know females who dress like a boy, but are very feminine internally. And they're actually the more feminine ones in the relationship because they're emotionally more feminine versus someone who could dress more femme, but be more emotionally, quote unquote, butch, as people would call it. So it's very different from what people see externally. Does that make sense? Yes, of course. How about you, Ray? How would you answer that? I want to agree. Um, Yeah, especially where you said there can be two dominant people in different aspects of the relationship. Like someone can be more dominant in the bedroom and look more femme, and then the butch person could be the more submissive one and the other way around too. Um, So I think I definitely agree, especially too, with the part where Monica said um, looks don't, like the physical appearance doesn't matter. And that's because, again, some people can look a certain way because, I mean, you would call a white white female that dresses like, you know, a tomboy, you call them butch. But in the black people world, we call them studs. So you, you would get a stud lesbian that is more emotional, like so heavy with emotions. And then you get a fan that could just, with that gangster one that doesn't really care and is just like, oh, why are you acting all out <laughs> kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think it's really, really subject to each individual and the two individuals in the relationship. Because someone could think that they would really like a partner that is more dominant or less dominant than them. And then they get <clears throat> attracted appearance then they decide that oh this is not what I thought I want but I actually like this person for who they are and not like what I thought I wanted or what they look like you understand me mm-hmm. yeah no, I, I want to be the fan because I don't want to cut the grass or lift anything heavy I'll do all the cooking <laughs> you're, total okay. you're the total I don't I don't mind breaking nails because I don't care about that, but I don't want to lift anything heavier yeah. or do, like, the outside chores. Yeah. <laughs> I build stuff in my, like, in my apartment. I constructed a shelf. I built my bed. Like, I built my TV stand. I build stuff. I don't care about breaking a nail. I just go get them done again. Um, and I, I'm very hands-on, like, handsy. Like, even in my last relationship, I do a lot of, like, the hands-on work. I love building stuff. Um, but also, I'm always cooking. I'm always cleaning. I'm always like I do everything. So. Uh, you definitely. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about your cooking, your marijuana infused cooking. Um, <laughs> right? Looks yes. amazing. Yes. Which I I need to come to your next workshop. You didn't let me come to the last one because you said it was full. I'm like, what? I I I don't even get in. I can't get in. <laughs> it's full. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, tell us a little bit about that quickly. 
Um, yeah, so I teach one-on-one cannabis infusion classes. I also do master classes, which is where I have group sessions. Um, but ideally, I just teach people how to cook and infuse food with cannabis. I find a lot of people are starting to wake up and realize the benefits of cannabis and not just see it as weed that you get from the men that come around the corner wearing the dodgy clothes. Now yeah. it's like this medicinal beneficial plant. It's even talking about, you know, what's recent times, the pandemic is even being seen as one of the things that could be a potential cure for COVID because CBD is going to help reduce inflammation in the lungs. CBD reduces inflammation for people with epilepsy, arthritis, all sorts of like different issues. I'm a big fan, big fan of CBD. Yeah, it's so good. So, so we have one more question. So let's clear some things up before we finish. So what do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions people have about gay women? What do you uh, think of the stereotypes that exist, like butch, femmes, etc.? Um, people think that sometimes any time you have two different gay women, like if you have a friend that's gay and you have another friend that's gay, they think you could just bring them together. They're automatically going to get along and want to date and want to just live the rest of their lives together. It's not always like that. Not every gay lesbian ends up falling in love with the other gay lesbian. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Monica? Oh my God, that's a great point. Uh, I, I think just the fact that you like all women, right? I think people think, oh, if you're a lesbian, then you automatically like a, a, someone who's straight just because she's a woman. And that's not the case. No, there's there's more to it. And then the other stereotype, I think, um, is is appearance. People judge based off appearance. And that's not the case because women are emo- more emotional. So uh, one's always more emotional than the other, which does not make them a butch or a femme or whatever, whatever terminology you want to use. There's, there's a difference. I absolutely love you guys. I absolutely love this show this week. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's show and our discussion on navigating the world of dating as part of the lesbian community. Ray, Ray, where can people learn more about you, your classes, um, and, and maybe they want to date you. <laughs> can they learn more about you? Well, yeah, definitely. Feel free to um, go onto my Instagram, Ray, Ray, R-A-Y, R-A-Y underscore K-A-D. Um, that's my Instagram. My website link is in the bio of my Instagram, but it's also RayRayCad.com. Um, but yeah, definitely hit me up. Looking forward to making some connections. Thank you. Uh, you can find me on, well, any social media platform, but Instagram, it's Monica underscore Elena, E-L-E-N-A underscore uh or my podcast radio uh, website which is the rainbow mix podcast.com and i love this so thank you so much laura oh i love you guys um uh, and you guys can find me on instagram at official laura Bellotta on clubhouse under laura Bellotta. Um, and you guys can also check out my website, singleinthecity.ca. And if you missed uh, part of this podcast, you can always listen to it. We're on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or also Google The Dating and Relationship Show, and you can pull up the podcast there. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this Sunday and each and every Sunday. Ciao for now.